you're doing the ministry that Jesus actually did in the gospels, right? Like yeah. you're ministering to prostitutes. And I think sure. like we read that at the gospel of mass <laughs> and then we see a prostitute and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't talk yeah. to that yeah. person. Yeah. I only minister to theoretical prostitutes. Yeah. 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 Right. Like there are these right. theories. But like, you know, I remember like one time, uh, like my brother was telling a story when he like was ministering to a prostitute and someone was like, that was the worst decision you made. Your entire career could have been ruined, right? It's yeah. like, wait a second. Like, uh, like if yeah, I'm going to do career? what Jesus yeah. Yeah. did, mm-hmm. I actually had to do what Jesus yeah. did. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Dimite. I'm joined here in the illustrious Damascus studio with our good friends, Aaron Richards. Yo, yo. Brad Pierron. Good, right. good to see you. And we have a special guest today, Mr. Brian O'Donnell. What's yes. up, brother? Yeah. Good to have That's you in right. the studio. Yeah. Dude. This is going to be an incredible show. So, uh, for those of you who don't know Brian, he's one of the like one of the, just the craziest best missionaries the Lord could ever have. Uh, Brian, Humans you remind me of Saint Francis of Assisi. You remind me of just a man that is after God's heart and will do anything to reach the heart of Jesus and the people of God. So this show is going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for it. Aaron, can you kick us off in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Holy Spirit, we invite you into our conversation today. Oh, yeah. And especially for those people who are uh, tuning into the show today, we we pray that you'd touch them now, Lord, that you'd, uh, that you'd fill their hearts and their minds. And as we... Uh, as we dive into today's conversation, as we hear testimony, as we hear witness of what it is that you've done in, in Brian's life and in our life, God, we pray that you would have invitation to do it again. Jesus, you promise freedom. You promise restoration. It's in your name. It's in your story. It's in your mission. And we pray that as we, uh, as we remind ourselves of that, that our desire of you would, would increase as you, as you burn in our hearts. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Dan, on that topic. So I was I was teaching our our first year missionaries this past week. We're we're diving into uh, sort of a, a discussion in our in our quarter on healing and freedom mm-hmm. into the topic of it was foundations for inner healing, right? So so we started with uh, with Luke chapter four. It's it's the mission statement of Jesus when he when he quotes the prophet Isaiah. He says, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor." And then we get the, the healing sandwich is what I, what I like to call it. He sent, he sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recover sight to the blind, and set the oppressed free, mm-hmm. and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, you know, Jesus loves freedom. He, <laughs> yeah. he loves to bring us to a place of restoration yes. and redemption. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's who he is. Yeah. And uh, and that's that's kind of where we're going with today's show. Yeah, right? today's going to be amazing. So Brian, your testimony is so awesome. Like you have been set free from addiction in your life, which is awesome. And Jesus brings freedom to the captives. He sets Amen. the oppressed free. And there are so many people in our world today who are living in oppression and who are living as captives. And I don't think the gospel, like I, I think a lot of times we as the church don't believe that actually Jesus can bring freedom in their mm-hmm. lives. That we're like, well, we know you need Jesus, but you also need this like recovery program and you need this and this. Not to say that those things aren't valuable or necessary, but that that Jesus actually is a miracle working God who can transform people's lives, which is really exciting. So Brian, why don't you just start by sharing? So why don't we start with sharing a little bit about your ministry, and then we'll get into your testimony. So yeah. your ministry is Urban Encounter. Um, you are seeking to like bring Jesus to the streets and urban areas to the poor. Of the like, and so just share about that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we live up on the hilltop in Columbus, Ohio. Well, what's the hilltop? Yeah, so for everyone who's not from Columbus or even some people in Columbus have never been there. Yeah. It's uh, an area that has really been plagued by a lot of poverty, a lot of uh, drug addiction, Mm -hmm. prostitution, and you name any other vice uh, that goes along with that, a darkness is kind of settled into that area. And you, you just see it. Like while you're yeah, on the streets, totally, you just see it. It's totally. not even hidden. You know? Yeah, even on my way here, I stopped to get gas and my heart was breaking. You know, mm-hmm. there's uh, a woman coming up to me, uh, just total death, you know, just on the vert. You don't know if these people can die at any moment. There's sirens going all the time. There's overdoses. Mm. Uh, it's... It's just a lot of people crying out from the brokenness there. That's yeah. kind of the environment. And we see that on a day-to-day basis. We have a men's house that is on the strip called Sullivan Avenue. It's the main road that runs through the hilltop. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of the that stuff takes place out yeah. in the open. Mm-hmm. It's just almost common knowledge that, oh yeah, big deal, drug deal. Oh, big yeah. deal, this person's overdosing. Just kind of the value for life is not... Not there to the, and and it's just like I said, a darkness that is settled there. We went there because we wanted to be the light in the darkness. Yeah, and everything that you just said with Luke four, we believe that. We mm-hmm. believe that uh, as believers, we can go in there and free people from this. And yeah. that was what we train our. That's what we train our missionaries to do. Mm-hmm. And that's the life that we live. Yeah. And so we also are building a women's house. And we have a family house. So we right now we have three houses, and that's kind of where we are at at the moment. Every Friday night we go out evangelizing, so we want to proclaim the gospel. We don't think it's enough to just be, hey, I'm a nice guy and I'm a Christian. Follow it's what I'm doing. It's not just to you know? say like, yeah. hey, have a good day. No, or God bless yeah, you, yeah. right? <laughs> no, I, I have totally been transformed in that regard, uh, realizing the power of the gospel and to not be ashamed of the gospel. Mm -hmm. I've, you know, like Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel as the power of God for uh, transformation, right? For all who believe. And so how can they believe if they don't hear? And so we go, we're very serious about that. Every We haven't missed a Friday night in a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. And so... It's pretty cool because we get a lot of people coming to us now from outside the hilltop, and they want to learn how to evangelize. Mm-hmm. And they come, and we send them out two by twos. And so, what do you do? You gather and you teach them before they go out, or do you? Mm-hmm. A lot of the people are. Uh, we're getting some regulars now. Mm-hmm. So, and then without fail, every week we get usually somebody new who hears about it. Somebody brings somebody. So I never take it for granted that they know how to preach the gospel. Oh, you're a Christian. Oh, you're Catholic. You must know how to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. I've found that not to be true. Yeah. <laughs> and so I never take it for granted. And I always do a brief teaching about this is what we do. If uh, this is how you preach the gospel in a succinct manner, it doesn't take you know, 20 minutes of apologetics yeah. for this person yeah. to receive the gospel. This is how you can do it in a succinct manner and lead somebody into relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus. And that's where we start. And then, you know, people, the people mature as, uh, we don't send out much, 
not everybody's a mature disciple, uh, and we realize that and yeah. people are going to make mistakes. So we, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, we give them a brief teaching. And we uh, do a little bit of praise, a little bit of prayer, and then we also pray for the. Uh, we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, so I uh, give them a brief little explanation of how maybe we've encountered people in the past, whether that's words of knowledge, whether that's simple prayer for healing, uh, our uh, discernment of spirits. Hey, you are in a place where darkness is coming in on you. Discernment of spirits are helpful. Uh, So Mm -hmm. we uh, talk about that, how we can discern what God is doing and what Mm -hmm. uh, the evil one's doing. And uh, we hope to prepare them a little. Nobody's ever fully prepared, but when they come back, uh, we we share the good news. This is what happened. This is uh, maybe nothing dramatic happened, but that person received the courage to act. Wow, I I preached the gospel today. I was able to actually lead somebody through the gospel, and that was a powerful moment for them. I Mm -hmm. I love just like Luke 4, it's Jesus says, I've come to proclaim the good news, right? Mm -hmm. And then he talks about there's that proclamation, and then he mm-hmm. talks about the demonstration, and it's the yeah. I'm, once I proclaim the good news, the yeah. oppressed will be set free, the the blind will recover, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The captives will find freedom, and so yeah. when you you believe not just in proclamation but demonstration, right? Yeah, that definitely. Like once you proclaim the gospel to a person, you pray yeah. for a demonstration of the kingdom yeah. of God to become mm-hmm. manifest in their life, and so. Can you share maybe a few stories from the streets, right? Like yeah. you're praying with you, you proclaim the gospel, and then you pray for someone for uh, God to move in their life, and what happens? Sure. Uh, one of the stories that comes to mind at first is from one of uh, the missionaries. He was a missionary here for a couple years, and I know you love him, Angelo Rivera. Oh, yeah, we yeah. like Angelo. And uh, so he became a missionary with us, and he was awesome. He would go out all the time. He would proclaim the gospel, and he would. Uh, demonstrate the gospel. And we saw awesome things with Angela's ministry. But one of the things that stood out to me, uh, I'd say the most of Angela's time there was, uh, we had this guy who was uh, uh, across, there was an abandoned house across the street. And I would see the guy all the time. He was a fall down drunk. I mean, I, he must have been drinking 20 of these tall natty daddies. It was insane how much this guy drank, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah, uh, fall down drunk. And he uh, showed up in our backyard one day, we'd start these fires, you know, and they'd kind of gather around the fire and start talking to him. And he just, I asked him if he wanted to be freed from alcohol addiction. He said he did. And so mm-hmm. I, I talked to him about that. I led him uh, through the gospel and prayed with him. And he started to come around more and more. Mm-hmm. But Angelo had this encounter with them one night. They were praying, him and another missionary, and they prayed with them. And Angelo said, we're going to pray to break this addiction. And the uh, Angelo made sure that he proclaimed the gospel, the whole gospel. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, by that, I mean uh, very simply, uh, you know, the world's full of sin. Uh, we're, sin causes hurt and and uh, guilt and shame, and people can relate to that. Like, yes, 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 totally. God didn't want it that way. He sent Jesus, his son, to go to the cross to shed his blood Mm -hmm. so that he could take that from you. And then he actually rose from the dead. People saw him, touched him. And then 
After that, he sent it into heaven, not so that he could leave you alone, but that he could send the Holy Spirit to live inside you, to live a life that is freed. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's the power of the Holy Spirit that's going to do that in your life. Do you mm-hmm. want that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's what Angelo preached to him, and he said, yes, I mm-hmm. want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Angelo and this other missionary lay hands on him and prayed for the Holy Spirit to come, and the guy felt electricity shooting through his body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy was... <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, right. Okay, yeah. normal. Or right? it gets better. Yeah, like, Sometimes yeah, yeah. Like, people are like, oh, who was that? And you're just yeah. like, well, that's just the presence yeah. of God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But it gets better. The guy comes back uh, uh, day one, day two, day three, mm. totally sober. Yeah, Totally wow. sober. That just doesn't happen. Yeah, You know, right. it just doesn't happen. And like you talked about... Uh, Yes, we believe in programs. We believe in all of that to uh, walk through freedom. But we've seen it where God can take that away. Yeah, and yeah. we started to not see this guy anymore. Mm-hmm. He got off. I believe he got off the streets. Yeah, uh, but he did uh, spend a significant amount of time in that area. He was coming to our prayer meetings, totally sober. You know, and I—that's the power of the gospel, mm-hmm. right? Well, and mm-hmm. Angelo, something struck me. He said, "I've never seen." a sign or a wonder flow uh, in my ministry, or in his ministry anyways, if he didn't preach the full gospel first. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's something to think about. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. That yeah. is. I like how you say the Holy Spirit is the power that gives you the, like, uh, he is the power that enables you to live the Christian life, right? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we proclaim just the, the the Jesus part of the gospel, but mm-hmm. we forget about the fact mm-hmm. that no Jesus rose from the dead and then gave us yeah. the Holy Spirit, yeah. and it's yeah. the Holy Spirit living in us that enables us to live Jesus's life. Yeah, that yeah. It, when He says, "Be perfect <laughs> as My heavenly Father is perfect," that's impossible. It's it, mm-hmm. it is absolutely mm-hmm. impossible. It's th- through the Holy Spirit yeah. that the 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 perfection that's of neat. the Father is lived. Like yeah. the the mm-hmm. peace of the Father is lived through the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. The 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 love of the Father is lived mm-hmm. through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The virtue of the Father. The goodness of the Father comes in my life through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Dan, so we were even having a conversation the other day. This will this will border on some theological speculation, right? <laughs> but uh, we <laughs> should we have a warning before this? No, yeah. 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 That's, one of those I think that's good. That yeah. is the warning. <laughs> the beginning of the show. Well, somebody was asking us. You know, what's uh, there was some criticism on the fact that we were that we were ending a prayer in the name of Jesus with the oh, words yeah. in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. and. Uh, He's like, well, you know, what, what does that even mean? Is that just some like tagline that you throw on there to make yeah, something legal? To make it feel good. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm reminded in scripture that you like you cannot speak the lordship of Jesus without the power of the spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it, it's Amen. it's possible for us to preach, you know, the words, the name of Jesus and and have them be meaningless. Yeah. But it's 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 an enc- it's a encounter a relationship with the spirit that actually allows us to draw upon our sonship, to draw mm-hmm. upon that relationship with the Lord. That's yeah. so good. And then in Jesus, additionally, right, he says that whatever you ask the Father in my name, mm-hmm. he will give you. So yep. it's actually, it's an it's an operation of faith as well. That like the the Father listens for his son's name. And, and when I proclaim this in his son's name, the Father is in tune with it. And I love, you talk about this all the time, Brian, and um, I'm just, I find myself as you're talking, hanging on to every word because yeah. I've heard you say before, you're like, I feel called to do what I do because I believe if Jesus was here, it's where he'd be. Yeah. And I just, I just, I, it's amazing. It's amazing that you live that because Jesus actually is there and he's there in you. And it's, it's because mm-hmm. of the fullness of the gospel that you believe in mm. that the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in you and he has placed you as a light 
in an area of darkness that you could live like Jesus and as Jesus so that people could encounter as yeah. love. It's amazing. Yeah. Maybe, Brian, could you share, because I think you're spot on. You're doing the ministry that Jesus actually did in the Gospels, right? Like yeah. you're ministering to prostitutes, and I think sure. like we read that at the Gospel of Mass, <laughs> and then we see a prostitute, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't talk yeah. to that yeah. person." Yeah. I only minister to theoretical prostitutes. Yeah. 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 Right. Like there are these right. theories, but like you know, I remember like one time, uh, like my brother was telling a story when he like was ministering to a prostitute, and someone was like, "That was the worst decision you made. Your entire career could have been ruined." Right? It's yeah. like, wait a second, like, uh, like if yeah, I'm going to do career? what Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. did mm-hmm. I actually had to do so like how do you maybe you could share testimony to like times when you're on the streets you're ministering to the 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 poor the addicted the prostitute and um because there's there's so many maybe a healing story but also a love story right yeah. like someone who gets healed in Jesus's name and someone who just encounters love in Jesus's name amen <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm kind of uh almost tearing up just thinking about it because yeah. um, mm. I was at mass this morning and um, <laughs> the Lord was just showing me uh, how he put me there and it was a gift to be there. And um, through that, he was saying, Brian, I've, uh, I've allowed you uh, to see uh, the broken Jesus and so that really strikes me, you know, it strikes me uh, to the heart that it is a gift and that Jesus is there and is broken people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always have to remind myself of that because uh, it's easy to, to walk away and, and say, I, we all need our time. We all need our rest and all of that. And when we're there, sometimes there's not a lot of time for rest because the brokenness just keeps coming at you. And um, all you can do is embrace it, you know? And um, if you don't, if you're not there to see the broken Jesus, it it doesn't make sense really. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I've had several encounters, just uh, actually one of the encounters that, drew me up there. And I knew that that was an area I wanted to minister. I uh, was doing street ministry one night and I felt, I felt in my heart that there was a, a prostitute that was crying out for help. You know, I told my prayer team, I said, we have to go. We, we have to go to this place. I don't know where it's going to be, but there's a prostitute crying out for help. And uh, we went on Sullivan Avenue. At the time, I didn't know that that little stretch, you know, was the epicenter of the sex trafficking um, mm-hmm. problem up there. And so I, uh, we were driving, driving, driving. And then uh, I go, there she is. That's, that's the girl. And so we pulled off to the side and the two, uh, we get out of the car and we ask, she's got a cast on this arm and it's freezing cold out and she's got hardly any clothes on and she's shivering and we called her over and uh, she's walking towards us. And as she's walking towards us, she uh, goes, you're not going to hurt me, are you? Mm. And it, uh, the two people I were with uh, just started to minister to her. And I, uh, I went back in the car and I just started weeping. Um, mm-hmm. 
because of the brokenness and because of the uh, the life that she's trapped in, you know, it's uh, here she was, she probably just got out of the hospital because she got beaten up for whatever reason. Uh, she was hurting, she was in pain and uh, she couldn't trust anybody, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. She was coming towards us saying, you're not going to hurt me, are you? And um, I was just so convicted, you know, <laughs> about the love of Jesus that... Um, he would love them. He would, uh, he would embrace them. He would tell them uh, that you're not judged. Mm-hmm. That, um, and so that was a, a real turning point in my ministry. And I, I love the fact that we're there to minister to the prostitutes. And it, it's actually one of my, the favorite things I have in my whole ministry is, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And people might look at it and go, what is Brian doing? Is that... I, and I've gotten to the point where it doesn't bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you, you know, you take precautions and all of that, but it is, there's, a, there's a, an opportunity on a daily basis yeah, to yeah. minister, whether it's the prostitute or the drug dealer mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the homeless person yeah. uh, or just your average person living up yeah. on the hilltop. There is this genuine... Uh, everyday feeling of, hey, they have a lot to teach me too. Yeah, uh, they're, yeah. they're down to earth. <laughs> they're, that's uh, so that's kind of, uh, you asked about, I think, I forget what the original question was, but I hope that Yeah, just helps. someone experiencing love. I, yeah. I think it's like, yeah. as you said, sin leads to shame and condemnation. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we forget that. And Jesus, he so knew yeah. it, right? That like yeah. that, that person that he approached the reason he spoke the way he did to them was because he knew that they were, they were filled with sin and condemnation. Yeah. We don't need to condemn you. You already are condemning yourself, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like we need to love you. And um, that's just powerful. Yeah, Jesus is just, he's so concerned with the matters of the heart Yeah, that I, I, I just, I can't help but think that, Brian, just in the ministry you're doing, you're going and you're seeing these people that are living these broken lives, but you begin realizing that my heart's not that much different than theirs. Yeah. Yeah. It looks externally very different, but Jesus has never been one to look at the externalities. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's one who looks internally. And I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Like, is my heart that much different than a prostitute's? Like mm-hmm. when, when I'm looking for validation in all of these areas that aren't of the Lord, like yeah. when I'm when I'm just wanting people to say something about me just to affirm a part of my identity that I'm not hearing from the father. Like that heart is still seeking the same thing that you're encountering. And so I wonder like, yeah, what has God revealed to you? Like as you look at those that you're ministering to, what has he revealed about yourself? Yeah. I went to this, uh, when I was setting up the ministry on the hilltop, my friend invited me to this talk by Father Boyle. I don't know if you ever yeah. heard of Father Boyle. He mm-hmm. runs home, Homeboy Ministries in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Tattoos so, on the Heart. Is a, yeah, he wrote a book, Tattoos on the it's Heart. Amazing. And I went to this talk and uh, if I could have just gone for this one phrase, it was totally worth it. He he talked about how he went in and similar situation, mm-hmm. gang members and all this. And he said, at first I went in there to minister thinking I was going to change the situation. Mm. in the people. And then I left. Oh, by the time, it wasn't long after doing that, that he realized that he was the one that was receiving change. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And so I've found that true in my own ministry. Mm-hmm. Here I was that I went into the hilltop thinking, I'm going to do all these things, yeah, and I'm going to make all this change, which it does happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, There's no doubt it does happen, but uh, Jesus has shown me, <laughs> Brian, hmm. uh, you're the one <laughs> who is going to be changed by this whole yeah. thing. Experiment. And uh, I'm day by day, I'm receiving lessons from the Lord, yeah. whether it's that, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've been, you know, I'm ready to go to bed and I'm saying a prayer about something and then that knock on the door comes and it's that person, you know, who, mm. whatever the lesson is, you know, Jesus is speaking through the, these broken people. <laughs> Time yeah. for the practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, that's that's so amazing, good. man. Mm-hmm. So um, why don't we share just a little bit about your own life? Like, yeah, so sure. you, you grew up um, in a, a Catholic family. Why don't you share kind of your journey with the Lord and how you came to uh, sure. the freedom that you're living today? So actually, yeah, my mother and father... Uh, raised me Catholic. I'm an only child. From Fremont, Ohio. Fremont. Yeah, Fremont. Yeah. You did a uh, retreat there, Dan. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> my mom was there. Yes. <laughs> Getting ministered to and Brian's she mom. Got, she got touched by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. By your ministry. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So, but uh, yeah, Fremont, Ohio. It's a uh, predominantly Catholic town, I'd say. Uh, 20,000 people. And the culture... It was just very family-oriented, loving. I kind of almost took it for granted that this is the way people live their lives yeah. and that it's very wholesome in a sense. And, uh, you know, but like anywhere, it has its, you know, uh, brokenness and, and all of that. So uh, by the time I got to college, uh, I went to Ohio Dominican and oh yeah, we got some OG as we Panthers know, right here. Yeah, three Panthers in a little Buckeye square. But, uh, yeah, three Panthers in a poisonous knot. <laughs> I'll, <bust all> <laughs> I'll bust out my. I like that. I'm gonna use that more often. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we. Uh, well, I went to school there. Uh, fell into a party lifestyle, and you know, you could probably do a thousand interviews and know the end of the story. You know that's. Mm-hmm. Uh, sin is nothing new. It's it's not exciting. And so I went down that path of, you know, the the chasing the women, the party lifestyle, the alcohol and to the harder drugs. And by the time I was 25, um, I th- yeah, I was, I was 25 and I got in a severe car accident, almost lost my life. And I received a settlement and... Uh, I had more money, and so I started to party harder, mm-hmm. and that led into using harder drugs. I was using, you know, uh, very hard drugs, cocaine and acid and mm-hmm. ecstasy mm-hmm. and um, pills, all of all of these type things. And um, slowly, I was just getting worse and worse, and more sick and more sick. I kind of felt that I was gonna. This wasn't going to last long. I couldn't continue this life. Uh, But a real turning moment came when I was uh, at this. I was trying to quit the drugs. I I couldn't. I thought I could do it on my own willpower. And my friend was having a bachelor party. And I thought, well, I'll go just to be a good friend, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And next thing you know, I was saying, well... It won't be a big deal if I just do a half a pill of ecstasy, you know. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. how messed up my thinking was. Mm-hmm. And so next thing you know, we're at this drug dealer's house 
And uh, my friends come in and, and say, we got to go. Uh, he pulled a knife on so-and-so. And I said, I'm staying. You know, I, I have everything I need here. I'm going to continue to get high. Mm-hmm. And my friends left, and I was there with this uh, all night doing drugs into the next day. And I got home, and all the shame and the guilt came. You know, Brian, what are you doing with mm-hmm. your life? You said you wouldn't go. You're trying to quit, and you're worse than ever now. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was no doubt I had uh, – it was just a really low point. And then about a week later, I was at work. I was working the night shift, and something told me to pull out the metro section in the paper, which is where all the crimes and all of that are, which wasn't something I would normally do. I would always <laughs> you were reading no. the metro yeah, section yeah, yeah. every day. Oh, man. I wasn't like the I grew grandma. Up from fifth grade yeah. on reading the metro <laughs> section every day. So I didn't get that first. Hey, Dad, where's no. the metro? Yeah. yeah, it was always a fight for the sports page. Yeah, you know? right. so, yeah. Sports first, front page, entertainment. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't even. I couldn't have told you what was in the metro section. Yeah, yeah. well, there, uh, there, you're there you're not alone. So, <laughs> but. Uh, I pull out the metro section, and on the front page of the metro section was that drug dealer who had uh, he had done a home invasion uh, to steal drugs from this other drug dealer. There was an altercation, and he sh- um, pulled a gun and shot the two other people in cold blood, killed them, and then him and his partner were on the run from the police, and the partner he was with pulled the gun on himself and committed suicide. And they captured the drug dealer. And I'm reading all of this, and it was like a, a punch in the gut. I, um, hmm. I knew that uh, a couple things. I knew that that inspiration to read the Metro section was not coming from me. It was coming hmm. from God. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> at that time, I was really didn't know what I believed. But I would say at that moment, I knew that God was... Hmm. Uh, there he was seeing everything I was doing, and but the, the other thing that I really, as I reflect back on it, I realized that it wasn't a condemning voice. It was more of this, Brian. You know, how long are you going to continue to do this to yourself? Yeah. I'm, I'm here. You know, I am. I've saved you. I've protected you. You know, you could have easily been killed that night. Uh, I protected you, and so. Over the years, I've really reflected a lot on that, just of how uh, he was so good with me, so gentle. And then that started my journey back mm-hmm. uh, and um, slowly made my way back to the church and uh, started, that was maybe 2005 when that happened. And then mm-hmm. I'd say by the time 2008, I was already just, on fire, and I was discerning religious life actually at that time. So, yeah. and that's and, when uh, we met you. That's when <laughs> that's I met right. everybody here. Yeah, so, that's right. So, you were, a, you, you, you mentioned willpower, and I love to kind of make the distinction between a willpowered spiritual life yeah. and a spirit powered spiritual totally. life. How could mm. you, when you're thinking about the time when you were trying to fight through that, the, the, the uh, oppression of an addiction and the willpower, uh, how, how would you just make that distinction between willpower when, when you felt that the spirit actually was living in you and, and yeah. taking residence so, and power in your life? A um, couple things on that. I, I'll just start with my own little experience, what happened. I, 
I had struggled uh, even after I felt as if I was following Jesus. I was uh, I was reading the Bible. I was going to mass on Sundays. I didn't. I wouldn't say I was fully back as far as uh, sacramentalized or maybe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. catechized. There's still a lot of things I didn't know or forgot, but I was still doing my best to practice. And was it after that Metro section mm-hmm, day, like yeah. you just returned to Mass? Uh, shortly after that, I well, it's, this might be uh, you might like this. Uh, <laughs> I like everything that you said. So bring it on. <laughs> well, I went to this movie. It's called Exorcism of Emily Rose. Okay. Uh, do you remember that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I yeah, saw yeah, that, it's a it's a wild movie. Yeah. And then. Uh, after I came home from that movie, I was terrified because, uh, I, and I'd watched those kind of movies before and it never really affected me. But when I came home from that movie, I realized, uh, I kind of had that voice saying, uh, I was like that inner voice just saying, Brian, you've literally given yourself over to demons. Like you've lived mm-hmm. your life and you've mm-hmm. just cared less about whatever. And you're just, these demons have control of your life. Hmm. And I'm going, oh, that's, wow. that's a condemning yeah. voice. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was. A convicting voice, right? It was a convicting, uh, wherever the, uh, I'd say yeah. the Lord was basically showing me, uh-huh. it doesn't have to be this way. Yep. Yeah. Like you don't, sure. you don't, but you're still, you're not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. you're kind of mm-hmm. just, uh, so Yeah. at that point I wasn't, I didn't know the answer. I I didn't even talk to the Lord, like, how do I get free from this? What does this mm-hmm. mean? But um, every night I would go to sleep, hmm. I would wake up in the middle of the night terrified, and I'd be, you know, sweating and all this stuff. And uh, I would look over at the clock, and it would be 3 o'clock in oh. the morning. Oh, man. And uh, that's the movie, right? I don't <laughs> know if you remember the movie. but oh, no, I just know it's the hour of mercy, though, right? <laughs> but It is. And But in that movie... Um, it's been a while, but it, it's she she's particularly terrified at this time of night. Huh. Wow. And it's kind of like the demons, they were mocking the crucifixion of Jesus Whoa. because at least my take yeah. on it, you know, that yeah. the demons were just saying, hey, this is our hour to come. To yeah. And I didn't know. I didn't know anything how to free myself, but I did know after, oh, that happened, I think, about five days in a row. Hmm. And... Every time I would look over, it would be three in the morning. And I knew that this just wasn't a normal thing, you know? Yeah. And uh, I go, what am I going to do, Lord? And um, just the immediate, the first thing I knew to do was I'm going to go to Mass this yeah. Sunday. Yeah. That's wow. that's yeah. all I know. That's the remedy I know. That's the remedy, and yeah. I did, yeah. and yeah. that was freedom right there. I wow. began to experience freedom immediately. I uh, didn't hmm. have any torment from... Uh, not to say that I hadn't been tempted since then. I'm still, you know, we undergo temptation, but mm-hmm. not like that, not that torment or not that idea that, hey, you're ours, you know. Yeah. And um, right, right, right. I just uh, realized, and I've come so far now, I, I realize, you know, we they only have the authority you give them. Yeah, right. And, uh, but the other thing, number two, was I would say as far as you talk about getting free, and will-powered spirituality compared to uh, being freed by the power of the Holy Spirit and God's grace. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'd say Saint Augustine was very helpful in that. You know, I reread the Confessions yeah. again, 
And I think he's just a wonderful example of, you know, he he says that prayer, right? Uh, Lord, make me pure, but not right now, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, I want this life, but I'm not. And right. yeah. Uh, yeah. that's so much, I think in our church nowadays, we have this idea that, well, as long as you know enough, you should be able to do it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. The church has always said it's grace, yeah, right? It's, it's all grace. It's mm-hmm. grace that frees you from this. And mm-hmm. I look back on my own freedom and I I thank God every day because I realize it was a special grace that was given. Yeah. yeah. You know, not everybody has that same path. They might struggle with addiction for yeah. five years or ten years. The grace might come through a different avenue. It might come through a different yeah. avenue. So mm-hmm. I think we should re- really reflect on that, that we right. should huh. pray, f- number one, pray for the grace mm-hmm. uh, and be patient and wait on the grace. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. when, when was it, Brian, between experiencing that radical transformation in your own life before, uh, before you felt a, a, a powerful call that you needed to minister that to others? Mm-hmm. So... I'd say through the whole process, I immediately had a uh, a compassion for those who suffered because yeah. I suffered so much. I suffered uh, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, I didn't have any mental illnesses or anything, but I did suffer, suffer mental torment of, mm. you know, suicidal thoughts uh, all the time and... Uh, just thoughts of unworthiness and just the effects of addiction itself, yep. you know, being able to, mm-hmm. you know, like Paul says, why do I do the things that I don't want to do? You know, I live that life for years and years and years. And to get to the point where you go, wow, I can actually, you know, I've been there. I know yeah. Uh, yeah. I can, I can compassionate with these drug addicts who come in and tell me again and again, no, mm-hmm. I'm no, no, this time, no, I'm going to quit. I'm going to, and then yeah. you see them the next day, they're high. I can compassionate with that. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, I don't know why I'm doing that. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to do it. But uh, mm-hmm. so I would say a real turning point came for me was uh, when I started praying the rosary, I'd say. It's, yeah. yeah. So yeah. as you know, I'd love, Blessed Mother, mm-hmm. and first time I picked up the rosary, I really felt as if I received an outpouring of graces mm-hmm. yeah. and it, a flood of graces. And that really made me uh, start to think, mm-hmm. you know, Blessed Mother, I want to be on, I want to be in your army, you know, I want to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to help others come to that same kind of freedom mm-hmm. because I knew that it was grace. Yeah. And I wanted to uh, be somebody who brought grace to people yeah. so that, uh, you know, like Paul says, uh, he he speaks those gracious words mm-hmm. uh, to be an instrument yeah. of grace. He talks he in so many, grace. he yeah. imparts grace, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just felt, I wanted to do this. I want to live my life to mm-hmm. bring as many souls as I can to, yeah. to Christ. And then, uh, so that was about 2008. So when we met you, you were um, a religious friar. You were discerning mm-hmm. religious life and uh, with yeah. a community that had an awesome n- devotion to the Blessed Mother oh, Mary. Sure. And 
it was funny because the first, I guess if I think back to when I first met you, um, you came to Catholic Youth Summer Camp mm-hmm. as as they, I think your order just sent you, right? <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. Um, and there was that, like, you, you came into an environment, you had such a love for Mary, and you came into an environment where the 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 gifts of the Holy Spirit were being practiced yeah. and encouraged, and the presence of the Holy Spirit was um, was, was I think tangible. Mm-hmm. But I think from a, uh, a an intellectual perspective, you knew Mary, but you almost didn't know mm-hmm. her spouse, yeah. the yeah. Holy Spirit. I'd say and, so, yeah. And that was kind of a you were questioning, like, wait, is this authentic? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and do I am I mm-hmm. supposed to open myself up in this way? What was that? What was that first kind of? time period like when you were starting to discover the mm-hmm. the deeper elements of the holy spirit sure. and you had this you you've been freed if you will yeah. and and you were in this place of orthodoxy and tradition of rosary and mass and, and mm-hmm. the, the the solid life of religious community and now you move into a lay community that's operating the gifts of the holy spirit that may have been new for you what were you what were you experiencing yeah so the first time was I think it was about 2013. I came to your youth group. No. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah I do. I do. That? And yeah. so uh, we showed up, uh, another brother and I, who you know too, uh, David. And we, uh, I wasn't in an environment like that before. And I did find myself questioning. Uh, mm-hmm. But I knew when I left there, I knew there was this authentic community. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, that just opened me up. It, it I knew that, there was a lot of genuine love there, yeah. uh, love for the Lord, love for each other. Mm-hmm. And I walked away from that saying, I want to stay in touch with this with this guy, with Dan. And so that's how I ended up coming to the camp a couple years later, mm-hmm. about a year and a half later. Yeah. And that first uh, experience, it was a traveling camp. Then. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, we, it was before. the last year of the traveling camp. And uh, <laughs> Last year of the traveling camp. It sounds right. like a great <laughs> show or a movie. Yeah. <laughs> the last yeah. year. Oh, do you want to hear stories? We'll tell stories of the traveling camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, those it's are, a good those show idea. Stories. <laughs> Fish Hook, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> the band Fish Hook. <laughs> uh, they weren't there when I was there. No. <laughs> but we right. had... Uh, that first year really opened me up to, you know, just the... The charismatic prayer, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I would say just the praise and worship music alone that yeah. started to really grow on me, and I, mm-hmm. I started to really enjoy that time where I could freely praise the Lord, mm-hmm. and then. If you know anything about Brian, like you're a man of freedom <laughs> in front of the Lord, freedom. like in, yeah, in worship. Yeah, yeah. You, it wasn't always so, like that. It wasn't like, I think I remember it was either you or the other religious brother with you, or maybe you two together, but you, you, one of you said, I'm not sure if we're allowed to do this. Like there was almost this like yeah, fear yeah, of yeah. opening yourself yeah. up to authentic worship. Sure. Or not, I don't want to say authentic worship, yeah. to expressive worship yeah. and to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. Um, well, and authentic, I think it's fair to say authentically expressive worship, where it's actually like sure. I'm being true to how I feel called to express yeah. worship yeah. in yeah. this moment. Yeah. And there is a hesitation, I think, sometimes. Sure, yes. I can relate to that. Yeah. And well, uh, 2016 is when uh, I came three separate years. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was uh, the second year I came. I came for, I liked it so much, I came for two weeks that yeah. year. And yeah. I'd say that was a really transformative two weeks for me. Mm-hmm. I met uh, my friend Patrick Rice there mm-hmm. and we developed a friendship. Yep. And I uh, started learning about healing. Mm-hmm. And so that I went back from that trip 
And I started to see healing flow from my ministry, which yeah. was really amazing. And mm-hmm. I read Dr. Healy's book on healing, mm-hmm. and that just set me on a path of, uh, yeah. wow, I just really, this is uh, this is for me, this is for your average everyday yeah. person. I may not be there yet, but I can pray for yeah. healing. And I started to see healing flow in my ministry. Mm-hmm. And then and, uh, came back for one more year, and then I'd say the transformation continued mm-hmm. up until that year. And I just really had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that, that last, yeah. um, uh, that last year I was here. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> so that was, that just, was a good day. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so in the early years, just to set up a, a little bit of a picture in the early years, when we first built Damascus, mm-hmm. Bra- uh, Brad and three other people had, had, uh, had joined us as missionaries That's and right. it was Aaron and I, one other person, and then four missionaries were kind of a small community of like seven or eight yeah. and like, yeah. and, um, and we would pray every Monday yeah. in the chapel. And mm-hmm. it was funny cause we're still kind of, the chapel was new to us cause we had just built this place. <laughs> and, um, and you, you came for prayer and you brought one of your student, bro- like one of your other brothers. Two, and, two guys. I yeah. had John and, uh, yeah. And Brother Burner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're just praying in the, the chapel, and you just experienced an outpouring of the Holy Spirit yeah. that was wild. Mm-hmm. It was wild. Yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to explain it? Sure. Like, share it all? So we definitely came with high expectations because, mm-hmm. as we said before, <laughs> yeah, all right, we the Holy Spirit is moving. I can't wait. And yeah, hunger is necessary for, Oh, we had a lot of hunger. We came asking you shall receive, especially the two of us, John and I, Mm -hmm. we spent a lot of time talking on the ride here and we just go, I don't know what God is doing, but the Holy Spirit is doing something in us. Mm -hmm. And we, when we get here, we expect it. And, um, that, uh, I think it was that Sunday was the final session of the encounter conference that you had here. Mm -hmm. And, saw an outpouring of the Holy Spirit there. And I really felt something started stirring in my heart in that moment. And then, yeah, was the, I believe on that Monday, right? You yeah. said, uh, come on up, we're doing prayer at nine in the morning. And now that I look back on it and I go, oh yeah, something else happened at nine, nine in the in morning. morning. No. <laughs> <laughs> kind of cost, right? And so we got started uh, simple praise and worship. It mm-hmm. wasn't, and I think, uh, well, I know Aaron was leading praise and worship, and one of the songs was, it might have been 10,000 Reasons, simple yeah. little song. But at the time, that was one of the songs that uh, was really touching my heart. Mm-hmm. And I was singing along. I was uh, opening my heart up in an expressive way, and it was just so freeing. And then I started to get super hot, which I... Uh, but those everybody who knows me, they make fun of me all the time because I'm always freezing cold. <laughs> yeah. Always wearing a so hoodie that, and a that, coat. Yeah, yeah, I got three coats on and uh, two hats. If I'm burning up, this clearly this is, is a this God. Was, was just not a normal thing for me to <laughs> this be is a supernatural super experience. Hot. So I knew something was going on. I gotta that. start praying that for my mom's always cold. I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. get a fire, fire, fire. More, <laughs> see yeah. what happens. And uh, again, nobody was laying hands on me. Yeah. I'm just standing there praising the Lord and worship mm-hmm. and. And I feel this heat, and then I felt uh, a, it was like butterflies in my stomach, uh-huh. and then almost like an, a turning of my stomach. And mm-hmm. I go, "Oh wow, this is felt like I was going down a roller coaster or something, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing." And I'm going, "Oh, what, <laughs> what is going on?" And then I went back to you, Dan, and I go, oh, 
Dan, I, I think, uh, I think I'm getting filled up with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And, and at that moment I couldn't hardly stand anymore. Uh And you just kind of laid me on the ground in the chapel. Mm -hmm. And all I can say is it felt like a fire hose opened up from heaven and started (laughs) going. (laughs) And, um, to my chest. (laughs) And it was this electricity or something, something like electricity, shooting through my body and i i just remember shaking all over the place yeah. uh very in, intensely. it wasn't like but it was it wasn't wild and crazy either so like yeah. i think what's so beautiful is the mystical tradition is often seen as like this traditional experience yeah. but it's it's also a deeply charismatic experience sure. right that the the mystical tradition of the church yeah. the yeah. mystics were charismatic so they yeah. were open to the holy spirit and they they were they were kissed by the Holy Spirit yeah. in these beautiful mystical gifts. And mm-hmm. you it was the funniest experience ever because you're on the ground having a, what I would say is probably in my mind the the, the deepest mystical experience I've ever seen a person have. Mm-hmm. And um and I wasn't convinced if you were gonna live or die. And I'm yeah. like literally like praying for you on like as you're yeah. having this. Don't die. And I'm thinking Don't to myself, <laughs> if, if the police if he dies, how am I gonna explain this to the police? The police like that his the, soul just left yeah, and went to heaven. Because this was a this was yeah. years, like a few years back, and the charismatic gifts were still kind of new to us. Yeah. And I'm like he could literally God could take his life yeah. right now and like take him up to heaven and I don't know how to explain that to God like I mean to the police yeah. like we are praying and and he went down on the ground mm. and then mm. he just stopped mm. breathing yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah likely story you do guys on the yeah. hill I'm like oh man first year of this ministry that's gonna yeah. be shut down and uh, fire chief's gonna yeah. have some issues yeah. but what's so what was so awesome is because it, you said you were so you and the guys that came with you were so hungry yeah. and um, and I saw those guys, the hunger that mm. they had and the trust they had in you. And uh, I think it was Brother Bernard that when yeah. he touched you, like he went to touch you and yeah. t- to pray for you. And he then got hit by yeah. the Holy Spirit and ended up going down and having his own, yeah. uh, like encounter. just encounter with the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, I just, I think that the Holy, I, I just, what I saw at that point, you guys loved the Blessed Mother so much. And Mary was like, yeah. hey, let me, let me introduce you mm-hmm. to my spouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, I just think I get a, the, I think there's probably listeners today that have a beautiful devotion to the Blessed Mother Mary. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to encourage you that yeah. um, that devotion was given to you um, in a unique and special way so, so that she could also introduce you to her spouse, yeah. the yeah. Holy Spirit. Um, because when she, she was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ became incarnate in her. And if you've been devoted to Our Lady and you want more uh, of Jesus's life living through you, ask the Holy Spirit to overshadow yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, and that has been your route. I remember I was thinking back because the first year you came to Catholic Youth Summer Camp, our last year of being a traveling camp, you were in small group with me. We yeah. were leading up a group of high schoolers, <laughs> and um, and that was the Mary year. That's like right. It was, yeah, it that's was, right. It was Magnificare. And I the, remember that. the Lord, I just, there was so much in that summer for you, Brian, that I just feel was so prophetic. That you came during Magnificare, that the Lord magnified what he was already doing in you, beginning there. Yeah. And he continued to magnify that. And Mary, as she always does, just continued mm. to reveal you yeah. more and more to her son. That, mm-hmm. like, hey, Amen. like, I want, I want you to go see about my son. I want you to mm-hmm. go see about my son. And then, yeah. um, and then, like Dan said, there's this clear mm. marking when the Holy Spirit was like, and I want to introduce you to him in a brand new way. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I just, it's so cool to see your life because I think like we're talking about here, there's, there's just a power in that the Lord marked you in that encounter. And then he led you into mission to people who are struggling in similar ways to how you once struggled. Yeah, There's just an authority God has given you in and through that encounter to go be on mission. Yeah. And I just think I would love yeah. to hear what you think about that because I, I yeah. feel in my life, the Lord often sends me into mission territory to minister to those that I see a piece of the old brat in. I just, there's, there's just something yeah, that God absolutely. does in that. He gives you authority where he's yeah. brought victory. Well, yeah, I'm, I think this is very fitting. Uh, I just, Feel the Holy Spirit moving so much in our conversation, and mm. how uh, uh, I was just thinking about a story I wanted to talk about, and then I didn't know how I was gonna weave that back in. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, Brad <laughs> uh, starts talking about this transition into mission life and uh, Mary, and so I yeah, I would love to share with you about a real turning point as far mm-hmm. as my mission mm-hmm. was. Uh, it was about the, I think it was about, we had just purchased the first house up on the hilltop and we were going to go live there. And I was ministering to a homeless person. Uh, down, it's called the Bottoms. It's not far from there. It's on the near west side of Columbus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I dropped him off at this gas station. And as he was walking away, right across the street was this woman who was overdosing, probably from fentanyl something like this. And uh, this uh, police officer came up and he was uh, called the squad. And as I'm watching this whole scene, I my heart started to break. But then also a little voice came in and started to say, Brian, who do you think you are to come up in this area to make a difference? Mm. And I knew that that was the enemy. Yeah. Uh, so I grabbed my rosary out of my pocket mm-hmm. and I started to pray. And I was about two decades in, and the uh, uh, this sounded like a woman's voice speak mm-hmm. to me and it said, Brian, I want you to go across the street and uh, take some video of what's happening and say a prayer to break the demonic uh, oppression of drugs over this area. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to post it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I, I go, uh, so I did that, and I, I went and... Uh, later on in the video, the Blessed Mother is in yeah. the video. I don't know if you guys have I've seen, seen that. Yeah, it's nuts. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I don't think I've yeah. seen it. Oh uh, yeah, I have to see it. Now. Yeah, I'll show <laughs> you. I'll show you sometime. But uh, it's something I go back to often because I realize number one that it wasn't. It's not solely my mission. You know, this is. Uh, I really have believed as I've studied Mary and uh, really, you know, the lives of people like St. Maximilian Colby and different saints that were devoted to Mary is that Mary is always, and uh, all of heaven are always one step ahead. They always have a plan, (laughs) right? And uh, they're always placing their pieces where they need to be, right? Yeah. And uh, Mm -hmm. so that moment I realized... uh, I was being placed. I was a, uh, a part of heaven's plan to come in and make a difference and to free people from this addiction. And mm. it wasn't just me. I had all of heaven there coming 
uh, to my aid. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that really uh, wove into what you're talking <laughs> about no, too, no, too well, but um, I guess it was an okay story. No, 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 so beautiful. Yeah, no, because I, again, the, it doesn't have to weave in no, too. It's well, just sweet. I know. <laughs> yeah. Part of me, I'm just so blessed by the whole conversation because I'm just I'm amazed by your life. Yeah, I'm so amazed by your life. I'm so amazed by the yeses you've given, and I know how humble you are to say mm-hmm. that they've been simple yeses. But those simple yeses have yielded fruit that are just. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's uh, it's really touching. Can we can we pray? And I think just because the Lord's given you just strength and authority sure. over evil spirits, if we could pray especially for the uh those who are struggling with addiction. Um yeah, I'd love and, that. Uh, so Brian, why don't you lead us and then guys, if you have anything we can chime in. But yeah, I um before we start the prayer, I want to give yeah. uh just a really quick testimony about Dan and I were talking uh, before the show started about the previous interview we did about three years ago yep. mm-hmm. and I'd spoken about addiction and I've had people come up to me and, and say, I heard that testimony and it's given me the power to be freed from addiction. Wow. Mm-hmm. Amen. Lord. And Amen. so yeah. uh, one particular lady said, uh, I met her at the encounter conference and we huh. prayed and then I saw her the following year. And uh, she said from that moment on uh, 13 years of opiate addiction freed. Wow. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. 13, the Lord. 13 years. 13 years. Yeah. yeah. So amazing. I'm going to pray with faith. And, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, I think we can have that. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think today we yeah. can have faith yeah, yeah, yeah. in Jesus' name. And so Uh-oh. if you're sitting there, if you're sitting there in the bonds of addiction right now, uh, I am so happy that you're listening. Yes. I am so grateful that the Lord led you to listen to this. Some of you may even wonder, how did I even end up? Uh, at this show, you know, uh, finding this show, I believe that there's going to be a lot of people that just have no idea how they got here, but uh, we're going to hear awesome testimonies. And if that's you mm-hmm. sitting there right now, I want you to just uh, sit back, uh, open up your hands, and all of us are going to pray from our hearts with mm-hmm. compassion because each of us know uh, what it's like Uh whether that's a big sin or a small sin or a a big addiction, small addiction, we all know Mm -hmm. how that can take hold of our lives. Mm -hmm. And we all know what a joy it is to be freed from that. And we are here for you. We are here as a brother to you, a brother in Christ to tell you that you're not alone, Mm -hmm. that uh, you have us, and you have uh, all of heaven, you have special saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even some of you are looking at a picture of a saint right now as we're praying and, and going, would you be here with me? Mm-hmm. And I believe that as you pray that, you're going to be amazed at what the saints, what the angels, what uh, yeah. the Holy Spirit is going to do right now. So mm-hmm. uh, get ready. We're going to pray. <laughs> and uh, like we said about the Holy Spirit before, Amen. the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes, amazing things happen. And so we're just going to prepare you for that. Some of the things that may happen, like, like me, you may feel a tingling or mm-hmm. electricity. You may feel warmth. You may feel waves coming over yourself. Mm-hmm. You uh, may feel just a peace coming mm-hmm. over your body. Uh, some of you might not feel anything at all, and that's okay. So, but uh, as we pray, just pay attention to those things. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, here we go. Each one of us is going to 
just pray into that just uh, real shortly, we'll go around. Mm -hmm. So Heavenly Father, I thank you. Uh, Jesus, send the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, We speak to this addiction and we command it to leave in Jesus' name. We speak to any demonic influence that has come into your life. And in the holy name of Jesus, we command you to leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, bless a mother, uh, uh, wrap your mantle around them right now with your love and your joy and your peace. Yeah, I, um, just as you were speaking, Brian, I, I felt like the Lord wanted to, to speak to... Um, Acts 12, where Peter is actually broken out of prison. And um, he, he's double chained and he's in this prison cell and there's there's no way of escaping, at least to his natural eye. And it goes like this. It says, suddenly the angel of the Lord stood by him, being Peter, and a light shone into the cell. The angel tapped Peter on the side and awakened him saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell from his wrists. I think the Lord's just wanting to speak that any of you who are listening, who feel like you're trapped, that you're caught, that you're imprisoned in something in your natural eye can't see a way out. I just want to speak over you right now that the Lord has a light that can shine into that place and draw you out. And Lord, I pray that you would send your angels now, that your angels would begin tapping us on the side and telling us to get up quickly and that we would watch the chains fall Mm -hmm. as we follow your voice and stand up. So Lord, we pray that just like you did for Peter in Acts 12, that you would break all of us Mm -hmm. out of any of the cells that are holding us back, out of any of the imprisonments that we feel in our heart. We pray that we can get up quickly, watch the chains fall and move forward in your name, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah. God sees you and, uh, and he knows your name. I was, I was just getting the sense that what's, what's been spoken today, we're, we're wrapping up the year 2021 right now. And, uh, that it's, it's going to have echoes through time. Um, the Lord was speaking specifically that, uh, that there's going to be someone who's watching this video on July 1st, 2024, if that's you right now uh, and you're watching a, a rerun here a couple of years <laughs> later, um, God, God declares freedom over, over your brokenness. Amen. He sees you. Thank you Lord. He loves you. Um, I had a strong sense also for an injury in the left leg that God wants to bring freedom, not only from, from addiction, uh, but from the effects of addiction as well, mm. from, from injury to your body that, that's happened as a result of, of choices and habits and, and behaviors that aren't, aren't of him. Mm-hmm. Mary, I just pray your presence and your love would fall on all parents who have children who are struggling with addiction right now. Mm. The Lord's just saying, I'm with you. I yeah. see you. The Lord's uh, saying that I, I've heard your cries. I've heard your prayers and um, you're not alone. Um, those who are receiving the Holy Spirit right now, just the Lord's uh, highlighting that he's going to give you um, a greater spirit that will be able to cry, Abba, Father, that your relationship with the F- God, the Father will grow. And he's going to embolden you to cry out, Jesus is Lord, mm-hmm. that Jesus is going to become the Lord of your life, that no addiction um, will be Lord, but that Jesus will be Lord. We pray this in Jesus's name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Brian, if, if someone wanted to find out about Urban Encounter, where could they look? UEM.life. Wait, say That's it one more right. time in case that was... Wait, UEM.life. UEM.life. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. As uh, in UrbanEncounterMinistries.life. It's our website. Uh, very easy to get to. If you want to come to some of our events in Columbus, we're always uh, 
we're pretty active and you can come to some of our events. Yeah. Or if you just want to send a message, uh, yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah. That's amazing. Happy to talk. So you've been listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Guys, we're so thankful. I want to encourage anyone uh, that has heard today's show to share this podcast with others uh, and to encourage people to learn more about Ryan's ministry, Urban Encounter, and join us next week for Beyond Damascus. God bless you.